You are listening to You and the Truth, where we will give you the truth face-to-face. Now what you do with it is up to you. Hi everyone, um, I'm Ralph and this is You and the Truth, where we bring you face-to-face with the truth and let you decide. Uh, very interesting subject, but before I get into that, my producer, Paul, has reminded me to remind you to hit the like and subscribe buttons below so you can get future uh, shows and episodes and all this kind of stuff so you can stay in tune with the truth. So now that I've done that, I know that Paul's going to basically back off. All right. (laughs) Anyway, folks, it's a pleasure to be here. We've got, first of all, my my, uh, co-host, J-Rod Z, Jason. How you doing, Jason? Great. Great, man. We have a special guest today, uh, Tom Gatins, as you see right there in the middle of your screen. Tom is just a, he's like a walking encyclopedia. So I know that him and Jason are really going to get along because I feel like the dumbest guy in the room right now, which is good. That's what my father always told me. He says, son, you got it. You, you want to be the dumbest guy in the room. Shut your yapper and listen. So today, these two gentlemen are going to talk about January 6th. I consider it not January 6th, what happened. They're going to talk about that, but I consider the hearings to be a, a total fiasco. That That's how I view it. And I try to stay in tune with all of that stuff that's government. Since I don't believe a word that comes out of any government official, uh, I'm an optimist at heart, but I'm a pessimist when it comes to them. So gentlemen, I'm going to turn this over to you. Tom, we'll start with you. Uh, you know, give us an introduction and tell us what it is that you want to talk about regarding January 6th. Sure. Tom Gaines. I, and I, I'm just a student of, of the world. I'm a student of, of history. I'm a student of, of politics. Um, and as such, this is, this, this one has really gotten under my, um, under my crowd a little bit. And so let me just harken back for just a second. When I think of January 6th, um, this began in, uh, November 2020 um i'm sorry 2000 sorry november 2000 it started in broward county and this was that it began with the, the the gore versus um versus bush in in 2000 the reason this matters and, and people are like what how are you connecting those dots tom that's kind of crazy but this culminated on january 6th with what what i would call the american reichstag um and this is where the history plays into into effect here so for 23 for 20 years at that point the the american left has conspired to enslave the american people and i don't enslave is probably a pretty uh, bold word but what i'm going to say is they have tried to deconstruct american education so that they can control via power the same way it not i'm not calling them nazis but what i'm saying is the one thing we know about history if it is that history does repeat itself and the only way you allow yourself to repeat history is if you deny people's access to knowing what the history is bottom line is what happened on january 6th was a false flag and all the evidence leads to this that's why the similarities between 1933 um, in berlin at the reichstag the american ironically that was the german parliament and here's the parallels are, are just remarkable and i'm just going to tap on this for just a moment because it's going to lead us where we are today in 1921 23 somewhere around there um after world war one after the uh treaty of versailles that blamed germany for 
uh, World War One, which they were just the surviving party of German uh, World War One who lost. Uh, these reparations were thrown upon them. A constitution was created, and they and they became a constitutional republic. That ended in March of 1933, less than a month after the Reichstag fire that took place, that was orchestrated by the National Socialists, led by Adolf Hitler, who was the vice chancellor at the time under under um, President von Hindenburg, who was ironically about 85, 86 years old. See some parallels already. Um, fast forward, what the purpose was, they, they create this fire to create a bad circumstance. Oh my God, the communists, and they blamed on the communists, and they said, Goering at the time, who was part of the police, went and investigated and said, yep, we found out it was the communists who did this. So within a month from, it was like February 27th, 26th, 1933, by end of March, they issued these laws um, repealing civil liberties in Germany. And it was done so rapidly, people had no clue what was going on. Fast forward to January 6th. Everything we've watched from January 6th was purposeful to deny people access to information, to railroad a railroad a verdict through a, a discourse through. We talked about it off air about how the media is being manipulated, the oligarchs, the tech monopoly is controlling information. I dare any one of your listeners to go online and take a look. Um, try to Google January 6th and find anything out of out of the norm, meaning the norm is the, is the Pravda, is the uh, propaganda version of, of the events. It's hard to find because they control how the information is disseminated in this electronic media. So that I'll set the stage there and just leave it with this. After that, fast forward, they decide to create an investigative committee they don't investigate. They don't bring to the hearing titulars like the, chi the, the, the chief of police from the Capitol Hill chief of police. They don't bring in the, the chain of command, including Nancy Pelosi, the, the chief of um, the, um, the key element who was this, the, uh, the, the, the sergeant of arms of either the Senate or the House, who are the key elements, a part of that flow, the information on leadership on all law enforcement issues that lead back to a three-person committee um, at the Capitol. And so when the key players are not interviewed in a two-year investigation by Congress, you have to wonder why. They, they don't want the truth coming out. And a couple of weeks ago, um, after a bloody battle on the House floor about leadership and what was going to happen to the new Republican leadership, uh, eventual Speaker McCarthy had to concede that he was going to release all 41,000 hours of tape that was um, uh, recorded on January 6th. He agreed to do it. And to his word, he did it. And today we now know that the entire narrative crafted carefully by the power um, was, was, was fraudulent. I'm gonna, before we just jump on this, uh, Ralph, you're a former, former lawyer. You know that constitutionally our members of Congress have immunity to functions that they engage in as, as members of Congress, but they violated another more important law. And, and that's the part that, that has to come into play here. And this is where we're gonna have a constitutional crisis because while uh, section one, article one of the constitution gives them immunity, 18 USC 1519 um, points out that 
you don't have immunity if you're purposely violating people's constitutional rights, which is a right to a fair trial, evidence. Um, I think it was, you know this probably better than I do. I think it was Baker in 1960, no, Brady. It was Brady, 1963, 1962, where the element of you have to provide all the exculpatory um, evidence in your possession to a defense. And they denied that. For two years, they denied that. Judge Lamberth um, should should withhold all these adjudications of the 497 people who've been adjudicated already and put in jail or, or fined. They should all be set aside for these violations and, and a major investigation should take place. I'll leave it there, but that's a lot to unpack. Yeah, that's the Brady Doctrine. I think they, they call it that. Yeah, Brady, Brady Doctrine. That's right. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, Jason, you want to jump in here? I've got some questions I'll ask Paul, but I'll, I'd, I'd like to get your take on, on what, I, I'm sorry, um, Tom, I'd like to get your take on, on his opening comments. Sure. So, you know, leading up to the January 6th, I, I saw it clearly that this was going to be a really bad event, that something was going to go down. There was going to be a false flag. I knew something was going to happen. Yeah. And I, I knew some people, uh, some retired cops that actually wanted to go. One went, one didn't. And um, I talked to both of them. I said, guys, I wouldn't go if I were you. I have this feeling and it just seems set up, you know, and um, the one that went, he was smart enough to understand what was going down as it started happening. So he was part of the group that was at Trump's speech. So basically after Trump's finished speaking and he said, everybody go in peace, go back home, you know, whatever, he started walking towards the Capitol. And then, you know, he, he said that he just got a gut feeling and uh, he was uh, thinking about what I had told him. And he said, you know what, I'm going back. And he left. And uh, he was in the hotel room when everything started going down. And he was very lucky that he didn't go in. But I think it was, man, I can't remember. A few months later, he gets a knock at the door and it's the FBI, you know? And um, they told, you know, and he's a, he's a retired cop. So he, he knew what he, you know, what was going on. And he, he, sh he showed them, he goes, look, here's my phone. Here's my location history. You got nothing. You don't have a search warrant. So, you know, basically they, they went back and forth with them a few times and they left them alone, you know, for now at least. But um, it, it's really sickening. Um, so the day after, or even, it's, yeah, it was the, the morning after, I, you know, I have an 18-month-old, so he was even younger then. So they, they wake up early, they're crying. So I remember my wife's up feeding him and I'm on YouTube and I find a video that shocked me and it was... The events happening that happened the day before and it showed everything that we just saw you know tucker carlson release the cops mm -hmm. opening up the barricades waving them in walking everybody through mm -hmm. um i was actually looking for you know i'm not gonna find it because anyways so it, they showed uh when ashley babbitt was killed and it was i know that you're going to talk about that later but uh and I'll, I'll speak more on that later but the angles the cameras it was very very strange there was medics just happened to be right there um yeah I, I i knew the fix was in and i was worried from the beginning that a lot of uh innocent people were gonna get caught up in something i didn't know what was gonna happen i didn't think it was gonna be like this um but yeah and it just happened again in in, in brazil it's yes. almost the same story yeah exactly 
so that's that YouTube video. Uh, sorry, let me just finish that, that YouTube video. So I finished watching it. It was about, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half long. I watched the whole thing. I sent it to my dad. So it was probably like 8.30 at that point. He's not getting the phone. So I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking they're going to block this. You know, so I call him. I talk to him on the phone. He, as soon as he gets off the phone, he clicks the link. It's blocked. <laughs> and I didn't have the forethought until it was all, I was done watching it. I should have recorded it. <laughs> I should have screen recorded, you know. But yeah, but there's somebody had, there's people out there that have to have, have that. But but yeah. let me just throw this in, and I want to get your thoughts on this. This is this is a to me, it's it shows the brazen arrogance of these people with today's social media, with today's phones, with communication. Do they really think? And, and evidently they do. But that's that arrogance. Do they really think that this? The, the the that everything was recorded that someday the the you know the entire footage was going to come out and it was going to totally destroy their narrative they had to have known that it, it's almost like nowadays you can't get away with anything nothing they they must have known that the, the truth was going to come out I and actually I, no let me just disagree with you for just for a second I, I would love the it. truth I would love will it. get out the truth would get out to certain circles but keep in mind they control much of the narrative that the, that the average person sees on a given day go back so in the in 1967 i think it was the cloward piven um came together and created this narrative about a strategy and the cloward piven strategy is simply that they want to throw so much at people at all times so that they don't have a bandwidth to focused on any one subject at a time. So it, it's it's purposeful confusion. So they know that some of these videos would get out there, but they would never get, because of the cooperation with social media, the co cooperation with a uh, search engine, um, uh, analytics, they know that they can suppress this stuff from widespread viewership amongst the population. Sure, cadres of groups, um, well-organized groups can, can will see this. And to Jason's point, um, Right after this happened, I had some of my friends who were up there. There was a video that a friend of mine sent me the very next day, um, and it was a picture of about a, a group of about 15 people across with their hands up holding an American flag. And the American flag stretched the entire length of about the 15 people, and it went back um, another you know, 35, 40 feet. And in the middle of that flag were three people that were identifiable. Um, one of them was uh, John Sullivan, who you, we, we can talk about John Sullivan further, but the video was pretty clear. What they were doing is they were hiding um, Antifa uh, people underneath the flag so that the cameras couldn't see it. One of the members of that group went out to a person they saw videoing it, and they got in front of the person kind of blocking it, dancing, and this was so well as Jason pointed out, the false flag narrative, we have done this to countries around the world since 1963. Well, actually, before that even, but um, 1963 was the most famous one when we took out Diem in, in South Vietnam. And when we have, our CIA has been expert at uh, creating guerrilla warfare around the world, uh, using indigenous populations to create, in fact, going back, uh, the Filipino Civil War was ended 
with by the OSS for the same in the same way. It was ended. We understand how groupthink works. Um, bring it all back to the to your point is yes, there's always evidence out there, but they control the means by which it can be spread broadly, and that's that's the whole point. Yeah, and my and you know I I think you're you're right. I agree with you. However. It, it's almost like a natural principle to me. It's like a natural law that sooner or later, when you do something like that, it's going to come back to bite you in the ass. I mean, that that's just well, my... Let me just... I don't mean to co-opt this, and I, I, I apologize, but I think there's two things we want to put into play here just as evidentiary on our side. One is um, we've seen just recently some releases of information that lead people to believe that the CIA... Um, keep in mind, the Bay of Pigs, uh, you're Cuban, your, your wife's Cuban, I'm sorry. Um, the Bay of Pigs was orchestrated by the United States, right? right. And mm -hmm. so ultimately it failed. It was, it was organized initially under Eisenhower. The election takes place, Kennedy takes over. Um, the Bay of Pigs is happening. It's not going well because it, the information had been leaked to the um, Russian authorities who gave it to the Cuban authorities, so they were prepared for it. Um, we had planes that were going to provide air support. Kennedy called those off during a state dinner. He said, no, we're not going to provide the support. So uh, the large Cuban population in South Florida that did exist at the time, and more importantly, those who, who had family members who died, uh, had, were very angry over the circumstance. Alan Dulles was fired over that. There's a strong belief that Alan Dulles was involved with the assassination, ultimately, of Kennedy. The reason I bring this up is, to your point, these players understand that they have powers that we don't but so what happened to the kennedy records for the assassination well they were were sealed they were sealed for 50 years so ironically this has made no news but the january 6th committee had made a request to seal all the records and seal all the video for 50 years thankfully that did not end up happening. It did not get enough votes. But think about this. If they had sealed those videos, where would we be today? We'd be, we'd be acting like conspiracy theorists instead of showing, instead of having all this evidence that proves that Chansley was not this raving lunatic just because he was dressed oddly, but that he was largely innocent. And most importantly, he reads Trump's text or a message yeah. that was that was sent saying, hey, go home. This is a bad situation. Go home, everybody. This is wrong. Do not go into the Capitol. And this was after the fact that the narrative that came out was that Trump was in the White House ignoring this. No, he sent out this message. And even Chancellor himself was reading this to a bunch of crowd through a, a megaphone. And that was that evidence was denied to every one of the defendants and denied to Judge Lambert and denied to it blocked by the, the committee itself. My point is, they control the narrative and they try to seal the narrative. Yeah, and I agree with you. However, my my counterpoint to that is that nowadays it's just so difficult to keep things under wrap. Now it may not reach the you know the that that portion of the population that feeds off all this crap they're being fed every day, but it reaches a certain number of people, enough people to get get you know, to have an uproar on this and look what's happening. Uh, uh, Jason and I did a, a podcast uh, just, I think it was last week where we talked about social media and the fact oh, that it was okay. developed to control yep. people. It wasn't mm -hmm. developed to communicate all this. It was, Correct. It was developed. However, the problem with social media is the same weapon they developed 
to control people is now the same weapon that's being used against them. Because mm-hmm. when you have a, a, a something like social media that is now, I mean, it's just like worldwide, it's in every crevice. Even people in Cuba, in Cuba, you know, yep. they have access to the internet. And mm-hmm. some of the crap, my wife watches this every day. And, and I say, how the hell do they, how, how do they get it? It's impossible to keep something under wraps in today's day and age. Because these people that do harm, Tom, these people, these these radicals, I'm not going to say uh, uh, Democrats. It's not them. It's it's that these these fringe groups that, that do harm these people. They they don't. It's just like the criminal. I, I represented a bunch of criminals when I was practicing law. You know what the thing is? They never think they were going to get caught when they were doing their mm-hmm. stuff. They never thought they were going to get caught. They thought right. they knew everything, and and most times they did. They they knew more about the law than than we did as lawyers. Yeah. But you see, so but back then it was back today. Today you can't do anything, Tom. Sooner or later it's gonna, gonna come to light, whether it's on a huge scale or not. But so did, did, here's my question. Do you this committee, this January 6th committee, they really think they were gonna get away with this crap in the long run? What was their objective? Was it a short term objective? What was their objective? Jason? No, no, it, no. It's 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 a long term objective. And Jason, I, I don't want to block you out here. You no, have no. some commentary. Yeah, I was just going to say. Yeah. So I think we're splitting hairs. I we agree that the the so it was um, Brandeis who said the greatest disinfectant is sunlight, right? Right. And so, and to your point, and you're exactly right. We have truth on our side, which is the very purpose of this show. We have truth on our side, and truth will win out. We are men of faith, and we know that. Ultimately, truth will win out, but it's not going to win out without our effort. It's not going to win out just because it's true. It's going to win it out because we coalesce together with truth and we we use it as our badge, our brand, our our our, our goal, our our life. But the point is, if we don't keep fighting, and this is what it's all about, if we're not always vigilant, as um, you know, Thomas Paine wrote, um, if we're not eternally vigilant then we will lose this republic just like germany did but you're right but go to the search engines you're not going to find this stuff think if think if elon musk didn't have this virtue that we didn't none of us believed he had this virtue two years ago but him buying twitter and recognizing that tyranny is worse than the power that he was possessing in in other areas of his life right i mean this guy is, is a remarkable man he's not Jesus Christ, he's not perfect. He's gonna he's gonna make stupid mistakes, and he's gonna have some greed and jealousy on his part. But thankfully, he has enough grace within him that he realized that, to your point, that that truth is more important out there. And the Twitter files have helped disclose how the left has operated. By the way, remember, go back to um, February 2021 when Time Magazine. This is how arrogant and thankfully, to oh, your yeah. point. The arrogance of of criminals is their greatest demise, and that's Satan's um, spawn, right? And so in in February of 2021, Time Magazine did the expose on how the left secretly – and it wasn't just the left. It was actually how the bipartisan effort to unelect Donald Trump took place, and they kind of spilled out how they corrupted Pennsylvania election, how they corrupted Wisconsin how they corrupted Michigan, how they corrupted the various elections in Arizona. And they kind of gave us not all the information, but they let, they were so proud of their effort. They wanted to brag about it, which is what criminals do, right? The, 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 
the jail room confession that, or the prison confession that happens, thankfully their arrogance is their demise because the truth will win out, but it requires our vigilance. We can't let the truth be its own fighter in this. We always have to be vigilant and we have to have people who are courageous in doing so. Yeah. And that's why I asked you about the short term, long term. And, and I'm going to ask you, I'm going to follow that up after I hear some comments from Jason. Jason, what's your, what's your beef on all this? So to me, I, I mean, it was a very well-coordinated effort, like you said, um, and it's it was just so similar to like, like you also said, like those color revolutions that happened. Um, I mean, Hillary famously has that saying uh, regarding Gaddafi, uh, we came, we saw, he's dead, right? Is that what it was? Yep. And they did that with the same cunning and no remorse and look at these people that have been in jail this entire time and it's it's you know families destroyed lives destroyed and, and they don't care they know they saw the videos you know they knew it um and you know like you said i i think this is a total violation of their oaths of office and um you know i don't think removal from office is enough that's 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 my point uh, this is this is treason yeah that's never going to happen no. So, Jason, your point, your point is exactly right. This was prosecutorial abuse, and Trump's attorney during the election, she was, um, you may remember her originally. She wrote a great book in 2005 because she represented the Enron um, defendants from Arthur Anderson. Was and it Sydney? Sydney? Yes, Sydney. And so Sydney I, I developed a good relationship with Sydney over the last couple of years. Um, she is a brilliant, brilliant woman who's been abused in this process. She made some claims um, that are very difficult to prove. That's the problem, right? And when you make a, when you don't have all the evidence to connect the dots, it still may be true. And I think it's one hundred percent true. I think we all know the election was was fraudulent on many levels. So, in fact, the left told us it was because they bragged about it. Um, but my point is, prosecutorial abuse, as Jason pointed out, is the thing that will hopefully get these 470 plus defendants who are in jail right now. Um, in fact, if Judge Lambert was worth his weight in excrement, the first thing he would do is set aside every one of those convictions and require them to now be retried by this administration. Think of what the, the, the chief prosecutor from the Department of Justice said, bragged on TV before he even had his first case. He said, we're going to beat them up with shock and awe, right? And this is not that's that's careless language right no you beat people you beat victim you, you beat criminals up with the facts you don't beat them up with shock and all you beat them up with the facts because the power of government is endless when when they have they don't spend their own money you are an attorney you have a limited defense if you're a defendant because of, of the ability to pay but the government has endless expense to, to use against you and that's where the law needs to be balanced and judge lambert should set, set aside every one of these convictions yeah um i don't i don't see that happening anytime in the near future i'll tell you you know you guys remember who david copperfield is oh yeah right name another famous magician houdini yeah yeah houdini well houdini yep. and david copperfield these guys they're like babies in diapers compared to to our government <laughs> Yes. Our, our government, I, I did an episode a couple of years ago called The Art of Distraction. These people <laughs> are masters at distraction. Mm -hmm. Do you remember, guys, you must remember this, at least, Tom, I know you, you remember the movie Wag the Dog? Oh, yeah. 
Yep. De, De Niro and Hoffman. Yep. Jason, did you ever see that? Yeah, I did. Okay. We moved, I did another episode called From Crisis to Crisis. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that, that, that's a great idea because to your point, remember the, 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 the baby food factory in, in yeah. Sudan, right? I mean, exactly right. So, so here's my point. These people do this shit, this January 6th thing. They bring this up. They, they go through the, the entire dog and pony show. They don't care. First of all, back to your point, nothing's going to happen. I don't see anybody. I don't see anybody sanctioning them. Uh, Adam Schiff, look at Schiff, all the crap that he, everything about the Russia collusion, it's all lies. Has anybody said anything about, you know, just sanctioning this guy? It's a joke and they know that. So what happens is they create this fiasco. Now, Tucker Carlson brings all this out. I believe that this is going to have a short life and I'll tell you why. Because people in this country nowadays have a very short memory. You know why? Because very soon they will create another crisis and people will forget about this. People forget about everything. There's just too much crap being thrown at them. Who remembers uh, 2000 and, and uh, what was it? The the attack on the Twin Towers. Who remembers September 11, 2001. Yeah, 9-11. That's right. Who, who, who remembers that? Yes, exactly. The families of the You're people right. that were killed and stuff like that. That's Nobody right. remembered. And th- that that's to right. me was the, the, it's the, right. the epitome. So if they don't remember that, you think they're going to remember this crap? See, so th- this is their game plan. Distraction. After dis- they're the, the masters of distraction. Yep. You know, yep. like the, these famous music, uh, uh, magicians say, hey, listen, you know what? what uh, mag- uh, you know, magic is what? Keep people distracted over here while they're doing this over yep. here. It's the same thing with government. Exactly. And they That's know right. this, yeah. Tom. So to me, it's like they they knew this thing was sooner or later because of social media it could have been this year next year two years from now was going to come out they don't care tom because you're absolutely right or way past that you so well, kind of like that statement you said from crisis to crisis mm-hmm. um i see it i agree with you but i see this from attack <coughs> to attack so if you look at it um the uh the infection that was released right yep bam that's yeah, one. you don't want to you don't want to say the name yeah so, okay. right then Listen, you can't because we're not going to go on youtube so you can say the name oh i can Chinese say flu. yeah yeah you can. oh the china virus okay cool yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we got china virus the vaccine to the china virus then you have, oh, because of the China virus, we're going to have mail-in ballots. We're going to have this. We're going to have that. Mark Zuckerberg with his drop boxes and money mm-hmm. just being poured into these areas. The, what do you call it? The election rules, having all these people mm-hmm. that are dead or they moved away or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, they, they did all of this. So then they cheated the election. And how, how can you cover that? You, you can't allow... these congressmen to come up and say that they are challenging the election so they needed a crisis they needed an emergency uh declaration and they needed an emergency session of congress where now who's in charge it's no longer the vice president president of of congress it is now the speaker of the house that's right and she's the one who also said she did not need national guard she's the one who was in charge she's essentially like the chief of police right for the capitol police mm-hmm. um did you see videos of the police just standing there and the one trump supporter runs up and he told him this is our house this is the people's house what are you guys doing call for backup and they just stood there they wouldn't answer him mm-hmm. you know 
it, it was very well orchestrated. They had orders. And I have a feeling that certain Capitol policemen were told, maybe you shouldn't go that day because you're not, you know, you might not follow along. You might not follow orders, you know. I don't know. But that's just, if I was a Capitol policeman, I wouldn't be able to be there because I, I, I would spill the beans on everything and I would have been calling for backup and it would have been a huge problem for everybody. Well, so, no, no. So hold the chase. So they actually did. So the one thing, um, Sand, Chief Sand, who resigned the next day, um, explains in his book, I, I just grabbed his book and started reading it, and he's had a couple of interesting interviews where he said on January 3rd, um, he had requested, he had to go through a three-person panel uh, at, in Congress. So there's three people on that panel. He's one of them, and the other two are the uh, Sergeant of Arms of the House and Sergeant of Arms of the Senate. Now, both of them, he has to get, three of them have to agree on doing something, but Pelosi's Sergeant of Arms, who hired by Pelosi said that that's not going to work. They don't. They don't. They do not want for optics. They do not want it to look like the National Guards on the scene. So they denied it. The president had sent out three times requests for National Guard to be there for that week, um, and Bowser said no. The Pelosi said no, um, and the the uh, Schumer said no. So you had these efforts. Interestingly. The Capitol Hill Police is the only law enforcement agency in America that cannot call and request direct National Guard support in a, in a, in a crisis. All of them can. They, they usually go through protocols to go through a governor or go through the, the, the governing body that oversees them. But they can. He cannot. He had to go through this body, and it was being denied. Despite And by the way, the Defense Department under Milley at the time – was giving the same. They were getting the intelligence, but they weren't sharing the intelligence with him in the in his brief morning briefings. And ultimately, on that day, on the uh, the fifth and then the sixth, the heightened um, alerts went out. What went out? But they still would refuse to give the National Guard um, a call up. But think about juxtapose this to a week later when Pelosi demanded fences be put up around Washington, D.C., and it became a, 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 a basically a war zone where people could not even approach the United States Capitol for more than a year. For more than a year, we had fences around every major government office um, in Washington, D.C. It became, it, it became like um, Berlin during the Berlin airlift. You, I mean, this is scary. This is juxtaposed those two realities. To your point, Jason, this was not an accident. This was all contrived, and it was false flag. Yeah. Right, gentlemen, that leads me. Uh, we have a few minutes left. I don't want to prolong this. We'll, we're going to follow this up with another episode because there's just too much information. Um, that leads, Tom, Tom, that leads us right into my next question, was, which is, have they determined yet who this was orchestrated by? H have they been able to determine who, who actually was it that put this thing together, this master plan? Well, well, so I, I don't know if they've determined who was the master plan architect, but we do know by chain of command the titulars who had key responsibilities to allow it to happen. So Pelosi and Schumer, um, because they controlled uh, three quarter or I mean two thirds of the ability to stop this, um, ultimately. But it was it goes even deeper that um, General Milley controlled the military potential response and downplayed it. Um, we know the Department of Justice um, at that point, uh, the careerists had the same goals to block the information. Um, and, and ultimately, 
it's this deep state cabal, right? And so they seek power. Um, do we know the other people involved? Well, we kind of do, but hopefully we have a proper investigation to actually name all the names. But these the, these are the usual suspects. I mean, one of my favorite movies from the '90s, The Usual Suspects, um, or, or we can go back to Casablanca and and you know get the usual suspects. We know who they are. I mean, Ray at the FBI is just as corrupt as Comey was, um, and, and this is this is the danger we face in America. We're, we're losing our republic um, because of this American Reichstag. Yeah, well, it's just you, you, for some reason the Jeffrey Epstein list just came to mind. Yeah, you know. So you're saying, well, someday we're going to find out. This is why they call me Rat and Ralph because I, I can. I'm trying to really hold back. But th this is like, <laughs> you know, you, yeah. I look at this. Well, someday we'll find out who it was. Someday nobody's going to give a crap who it was. Just like, look at this Jeffrey Epstein thing. This is still hanging yeah. around. But that we know who's on the list, but nothing's happened because nothing's going. You know why? Because all, all kinds of crap is going on. Mark my words, in the next month or two, there's going to be another crisis. The, the, the well, great historian Paul Johnson said, and this is, this is true, who, he, who, he who wins writes the history. And right now the elections are won by the Democrats because they steal them and they write the history. And we've got, to your point, we still have the truth out there and we still have people who write good books. We still have people who do good investigations. But ultimately we do not yet have the power to – Disseminate, but go back to tribalism just for a second. Two years of one narrative, just like the Russian collusion narrative, two years of one narrative is enough to tip the scales of the collective memory. And it's tough to change that because once people have been, we know this psychologically, once people have staked out a claim to an opinion, it's very hard to move them off that spot. All right, so let me ask you this though, because this is what pisses me off. Um, the Republicans took control of the House on, in January, if I'm not mistaken, right? What have they done? You think they've done enough, Tom? Oh, no, no, absolutely not. They have not well, done enough. I don't understand that. I don't understand. It's all this, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to – they haven't done shit. Tom, they haven't well, done so, shit. Well, I think it's only been point. like three months, right, that they actually got sworn in and – Oh, dude, three months. This is all they do. This is a full-time job. For at least get some stuff out there to show the people that you're doing something. I, I, I just, it's almost like they're they're uh, they're playing defense. They're playing they defense. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, so one of my mentors in politics was um, former Majority Leader Dick Armey. Um, I learned a lot from Dick, and, and to your point, he had a great book called Army Axioms. And one of his axioms was, if you're not on offense, you're on defense. And unfortunately, Republicans um, have a it's it's a dichotomy in the in the at core of most conservatism is the is the love of individualism right and independence so harder for republicans to coalesce in one direction than it is for democrats who care more about power than they do in the individual they care about the group dynamic rather than the individual so that that reality plays itself out here you get some great republicans like jim jordan has been really strong right and he's been yeah. strong from day one um, you've got them like that. But as Dick would point out, um, the problem is because we are always on the defense, there are cowards. The John McCain's of the world, right? John McCain was always a coward. He wanted more. He wanted to be loved by the media more than he wanted to be right. And unfortunately, that that's 
that corrupts a lot of people. They just don't, they don't have the stomach to be criticized. They don't have the stomach. And I'll just segue this to the Supreme Court. Think about how weak John Roberts has been on the Supreme Court until he was outnumbered by people on the side who said, you know what, John, you're not going to be able to sway these things to, to, to milquetoast rulings. We need backbone. And so thankfully, when we get enough people on our side, then we have the ability to sway these things. We've got a, the problem with Congress right now is we only have 218 seats. That's not enough to get as much done as we want. So our part of the puzzle is if we had both houses, we wouldn't have had Mitch McConnell because he he is a he is a anchor to everything we want to do, right. not not a helpful helpful source. But in the House with only 218 Republicans, we don't yet have enough of a majority of solid, um, you know, those with testitional fortitude, right? And so, yes, I agree with you. We haven't done enough. But we've done some good things, and that's important. It's it's yeah, at least guys, we're moving in the right. Jason, they got the um, this uh, the January sixth committee. They got the COVID origins committee. Uh, China, they de yeah, China committee. Uh, they declassified uh, those videos, right? That were given to Tucker Carlson. Eventually, they're going to be given to everybody. Mm -hmm. I I think. Um, yep. I would really like to see, and I, they they hinted at it. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene did about um a committee looking into the money that went to ukraine um i, I think that's huge and yes um oh we're, we're going to be on rumble so i can actually say this uh i mean this lab leak theory from wuhan is like you said they're going to go to the they're going to pivot to the next crisis or the next uh talking point so that's their talking point now what we were saying for the last two years they're going wow you guys were right the whole time and meanwhile you know, they lied for about a year that there were no bio labs in Ukraine. And not to take this to that direction entirely, but there are. There's 36 of them. And um, there was actually back coronaviruses studied in Spiel, Spiel, uh, China, Ukraine. That's the name of the city. Spiel, I can't say it right. China, C-H-Y-N-A. And it was uh, operated by Microbata, Hunter Biden's um, company. You know, they, they worked hand in hand with uh, Eco Health Alliance, um, yeah. which basically was running the Wuhan lab, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, it's just ironic that, wait a minute, your, your dad is this old guy who can't even campaign and he's obviously senile. He's in his basement the whole time. Also, he gets the most votes of any president or anybody running for president in history. And there was a lab, I mean, a, a convenient virus that set this whole thing off yeah. and your son happens to own this company with all these bio labs i mean it's just it's hilarious that's like um what's the comedian that used to be on the daily show he said oh what's this there's a an outbreak of chocolatey goodness in hershey wisconsin it must be the hershey factory <laughs> you know that yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 i love that guy John Stewart, yep. right? Yeah. But J Jason, you have a medical background. Mm -hmm. To me, it's like, all right, this happens to this guy. Something happens to this certain person. You got to go back and figure out what was the cause of that. You got to go to the root of the problem. You see? And and this is how inept well, I find Congress. Huh? But that's not what medicine does. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's, that's, true. that's true. Oh, but, your cholesterol is high. Take a pill. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. Your blood pressure's high. Well, here's a different pill. 
Oh, forget this about pill, why pill, your blood pressure is high. Forget yeah. about why your <laughs> cholesterol is high. This is my yeah. point on this. These people. So, yeah. No, Tom, you, you got to go all the way back. He said, why is this shit happening in, in, in the greatest country in the world, the most powerful country right. in the world, our Congress? Why? Because our election laws, our, every, our election process is a freaking joke. And, and yes. here's my point on this. And I'm ranting and I love this. Okay. <laughs> this is my point on this. Okay. Look at all these committees. Oh, it's a committee to investigate this. We'll investigate that and we'll do this. Why don't you have a committee to investigate election fraud, you bunch of bozos? You know why? Yep. Because it could cost them, most of them, their jobs. Right. So, so to your point, to your point, back, so, so as Jason said, um, a pill for this, a pill for that, right? And so the reality is we need functional medicine for our republic. Mm -hmm. And that is, yep. again, this is, it goes back to our founding. It goes back to, to uh, Valley Forge where, you know, Thomas Paine wrote that, you know, we need that. And I said it already. We need eternal vigilance because um, we don't need sunshine patriots. And we have too many of them in the Republican Party who are in Congress, right? They're, they're limp-wristed. They're not willing to fight. They're not willing to stand up. But we do have some. And we need those eternal vigilant members of Congress. We need more of them. And so, again, for your audience, th again, this is all about the lesson. What do we do from here? What we have to do from here is we have to coalesce. We need to make sure that like-minded people realize watching TV at night is not going to save your republic. Um, yeah. You know, playing golf on Saturday is not going to save your republic. What's going to save your republic is caring more about your children and grandchildren than you do about the leisure today. Yeah, but that's not what that's not what's sold to us on, on a daily basis. And the system Correct. is designed so that Absolutely. people are so tired at the end of every day that they can't they they're just on overload. That's the way I call yep. it. It's on overload, you see. But here's a, let me ask both of you this one question and I'll end with this. And we got to pick this up on another episode because this is fascinating stuff. What is tell me what is the backbone of this country? What makes this country this country as opposed to other countries in the world? Would, would, let me let me ask you a direct question. Would you would you agree with me that our our election our system of election our free elections is probably the backbone of this country? No, no, no. no, no. So I mean, it, it's it's a functional part of it, okay. but I, I think the backbone of this country is the no, the, the constitution itself. Okay, so, but let me let me Tom Tom. Okay, because yep. we're pressed for time. Let me stop you yep. right there. I I I mm -hmm. see where you're coming from. However. If those elected officials that we put in office or that they appoint themselves do not do not back that constitution and Correct. actually embrace it, then everything falls apart. So to me, it's the Agreed. election process yeah. because we're the ones that pick these bozos. This is why they don't want to investigate the so you know what I love? Here's what I love. Oh yeah, well we did a we we uh we investigated in uh Fairfax County and and yeah we found a hundred thousand uh illegal votes and people were dead they no and then people think oh they're doing something about it oh my god look they found election fraud in one little county and shit nobody gives a crap you know because no, then they say wasn't enough to overturn the election that's yeah, what they always add to you it you know what's almost like you, you, you got to go to the root of the root of the problem is these bozos how the hell Tom and this is my I apologize, man, but I get, how the hell do these people stay in office for 40 years? You, you well, tell I, me. Again, so, how? okay, so, and then this is the problem, and go to your distraction. The reason politicians get reelected is because people have no 
uh, no lasting memory of of what happened you know six weeks ago let alone right. two years ago right and so everything's the immediacy of today but i just go back to the constitution just for a second because this is what it matters remember at the very beginning i said they've they've purposely um deconstructed our education in america particularly civics and if we mm. at the core of this if we teach people civics properly and we tell people that your constitution doesn't give you rights your government doesn't give you rights the constitution protects your rights from government those those rights are god-given they're innate they're with you and it's the function of our constitution to limit the ability of the government to abuse those rights but here's the problem we have a supreme court that has failed to stand up against the election fraud because there was a plenty of cases that they could have taken up and said okay hold on we're gonna we're gonna put an injunction on this election until we get to the bottom of this they they had the power constitutionally to do it. they chose not to because they were afraid because of the bullyism the blm the 20 the, the summer of 2020 was not about breaking into Walmarts, taking over local police stations. It was about intimidating the the, the, the power of meaning the, the Supreme Court from doing anything. And that's why during Roe v. Wade, uh, during the battle of uh, whether Roe v. Wade was going to be law, those, those BLM and Antifa marches were out in front of their houses. It's a game of intimidation. It's thuggery. It's how, I mean, and this is what Jason mentioned earlier, this is how these banana republics change governments through thuggery. Um, and that's what we're experiencing right now. And it's it's the Constitution against power. And right now, power is winning. But what we have to do is find enough people to demand that their schools start teaching civics, demand that the institutions of learning start teaching history, demand that uh, civics as a core functional citizenship requirement is where we build our foundation build our rock of 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 this nation because this republic's in jeopardy and and we all know that's what we've been talking about from day one today tom you're a better man than i am and i'll tell you i love it <laughs> i, I love what you're saying and i agree no i agree with everything you're saying however however let me here's a simple question why don't they teach civics anymore because they, 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 they understand that decision the, the the here's, here's how it happens so it's not an accident that almost every municipal election municipal is where local school boards are chosen and your mayor and your city council members so the democrats have known a long time ago they moved they moved civic elections local elections to march or you know not in november because they know there's lower turnout um and because lower turnout they can control via the unions who's going to win these elections through that process they then control what what, who's on the school board, they get to control the curriculums. This is not done by accident. In 1911, Woodrow Wilson prepared, look at it, it's interesting. He, in 1911, he prepared alternatives. He said the Constitution is antiquated and outdated, it needs to be replaced. Since 1911, like the Chinese do with this incrementalism, they've wanted to change this country fundamentally, and they've done it incrementally. This is, none of this has been by accident. This has all been purposeful. Of course. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I recorded an episode a couple of years ago. I don't think I've ever published that I recorded it. I talk about this is this is all by design. When listen, when when Castro took over Cuba, do you know what the first thing he did was? He didn't allow people to speak, number one. He took away everybody's arms, but listen to what he did. He went he went straight. He's a genius. He went straight to the uh, to, to the foundation of everything. He took kids from their homes and he shipped them to 
on the opposite side of the island into intern camps to be educated by, uh, by government-run schools. And my wife was involved in that. Her father did not allow her to go, but she had uh, uh, kids, her, her neighbors that went. And when they came back a year later, they were all communists. They hated their parents. They, it, it, you got to hear this from That's her. what's going on in America right that's now. Exactly this is what's going on. Exactly. But they, but yes. they, do, it subdurf, they, they do it subterfuge. They did it, you, you, you know, take away civics, take away American history, take away all that. That's the way you do it. Now, but here's, here's the thing. Who passes the laws that say we're not going to teach that anymore? It's people that are elected, that are appointed. It's the elected officials. You see, this is why a guy like George Soros, look, can you tell me why George Soros gets away with the crap he does when everybody knows the guy's a gangster? So all he well, needs that, to do is, yes. is go to Tom Gatons. I'll just use it as an example. You, yep. you head the school board in, in, in uh, you know, whatever it is, crappy county, uh, Virginia. And he says to you, listen, um, uh, can you use a hundred thousand dollars? You know, yeah. yeah. So like, I only make eighteen thousand dollars a year. Okay, listen, I'm gonna put you know, and then you got to make sure that the board here votes for CRT uh, education, mm -hmm. and, and that's how they do it. That's Absolutely. how they don't give a crap what the parents say. Nope. So how do they keep re nope. we keep reelecting these bozos? I, I he, you see, I could go. I, I just I go nuts with this thing. I go nuts because to me, it's just like. You know, so why don't they set rules? If you're if you're going to run, if you're going to run, uh, this guy's going to run for for House of Representatives, going to run for Senator or whatever. How come they don't set standards for these people? In other words, okay, you got to put all your tax uh, tax information out there for for five years, and for the five years that you're in office, you got to put you, gotta, you every single cent that comes in. You got to sign a declaration that says these are my the, this is what I, I believe in. This I'm gonna you know th these are these are my standards. This is what the people that vote me in. These people, these politicians, they say all this crap, and then they go. Look at Romney. Uh, Romney. Ralph, Ralph, hold up. You're you're 100 right. Uh, let me put some numbers to what you're saying. And this is, we talked about distraction, and here's the numbers. And this is this is mind-boggling. So in the United States, we have about 18,800 uh, elected officials. Okay. Think about the Think about how much media attention we spend on these elected officials. Okay. And then let me do the math for you. So of those 18,000, basically 800, maybe I think it may be even higher than that, but it's roughly about 18,800. So think about this. We have one president who's elected. We have one vice president who's not elected. She's really, or th that vice president goes along with the, right. the president. So that's one office. Then you have uh, 100 members of the Senate and 435 of the House. So think about that. That's 535, 537 federally elected people. 99% of the media attention we have in this country is spent on those 537 people. 1% of media attention is spent on the other 18,600, 500, whatever it is, right? So that my point is disproportionately to your point, if we spent enough time focusing on local elections, Back during the American Solutions days, Gingrich had a group called American Solutions. I was one of his field coordinators. This is our this is what our goal was was to reorient people to local elections to get local elections out of the municipal March election phase. Put it back in November, so there's higher turnout, so more people are involved with changing and have vested interest in the outcome of the system. To your point, that is this is how communism is coming to America. It's coming through the minority, just like it did. By the way, in Russia. In 1917, you know, the Russian Revolution, 
Bolshevik and Menshevik. The Bolsheviks won. The Mensheviks lost in terms of the struggle to win the revolution. Bolshevik, they, they, were the, they were the minority. But what they did is they manipulated the system, just like Castro did in, in Castro, to change the system. It's, it doesn't, it takes, as Lenin said, it takes a motivated minority to change a nation. And that's what's happening here. It's not a majority of the people. More majority of the people are like Rant and Ralph and Jason, not like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi. The majority of people think like you guys do. The problem is they don't have the platform. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That makes a lot of sense. Jason, you want to, I, I didn't mean to leave you out, buddy, but I just... I, no, no, you guys are doing great. Um, yeah, so I, I have a different take, a very optimistic take on all of this. Uh, unfortunately, our, we got weak. You know, we had weak, we had soft times, and those create weak men, and those are the men that are running our government, our country at the moment. Yep. But luckily, I mean, it kind of sucks, but luckily, those weak men are going to create a very tough time for us. And because of that tough time, we are going to come out, and this, you know, these generations that are going through it now are going to come out to be strong or tough men. And, you know, that's our shining. Uh, our shining light going forward. There's two major battles or two major sides to the battle right now. You have the Great Reset. They want to reset everything in their, in their own image, right? And we have the Great Awakening. Uh, unfortunately, to fix all these problems, like you said earlier, they need sunlight, right? That's what, what heals it. So most of these problems people didn't even know existed. And thankfully, those weak, weak men running our country have done such a horrible job that people who really don't even want to see it, they're watching their football game and they peek every now and then at the TV and they're like, oh, I can't handle these talking heads that everybody's yelling at each other. I'm out. Right. Even they know the stuff that we're talking about. It's that big. You know, so this is happening. You know, it's going to get rough. It already is pretty rough. There's train derailments. Uh, there's hazardous material scenes. Uh, you know, there, there's there's all kinds of things. We got spy balloons and, you know, war. We're sending billions over there. Now we have banks collapsing. And I believe there was another one today. You know, we just did our video a couple nights ago. There's another one today. Um, and this is going to continue to happen. And it's not just happening here because the world's financial system is based on ours. So our banks start collapsing. Theirs are collapsing. So it's going to get ugly. It's going to be rough. But at the end of this, you know, America will be there. America is going to shine through and we're going to be able to put the pieces back together. But those are the two sides. No, Jason, let, let, let me give you support to what you're saying. And I, I, uh, Rant and Ralph, you and I have joked about this. We're both, we love speaking in front of people. And that's that motivational speech. What you just said there is what I tell these folks. Because when I speak to these groups, I here, here's the prescription of why things are horrible today, but then here's here I mean here's the reality of the prescription, and here's the prescription. The prescription is, unlike millennials, this new generation between born between 1996 and 2010, are one fifth of them are reading the Bible weekly. So there, what had cratered, and we thought this was a a horrible moment. Um, this is this is this is a beautiful moment because now we're seeing the uptick. People, when they have desperation, they reach for something bigger than themselves. And right now, these youth, one in five of them, read the Bible daily. So, Jason, you're right to be optimistic because the future is in their hands. And that's happening around the world, including in Russia, 
it's amazing yep. all over the place of course gentlemen as you know i have to i agree with everything you said but i as as a trial lawyer I, there's always another side and i always look at you touched upon it it's the youth think about it 20 years from now the kids that are in high school now are the ones that are going to be running this country you mm -hmm. see this is so just like happened in Cuba. That's why they, that's why so, everything is going on. It's all distractions. These people are smart. These these uh, these left wing radicals. They're attacking. They're going for the jugular, and the jugular is our youth. This is why they want to keep our youth ignorant to the level yeah. of stupidity. You see, yes. because you see that that's my point, and and I agree with you guys. You know, but. Man, if they get to our youth like they're doing, that's why they go to these small counties. And I believe, I don't have any evidence to this, I, they, they, they pay these people off. This is where Soros goes. These school boards, and all of a sudden they start interjecting this shit. 20 years from now, these kids are going to be running this country, running this economy. It scares the hell out of me. They don't even, they don't even, they don't know anything. Yeah, it's scary. You see, that's what scares me is the youth. And that's what these, 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 that's what Cuba did. That's what Venezuela did. That's what all these countries, they go for the youth. You know, you, you screw but, up their uh, minds. No, no, you're hundred percent right. They, and they've been doing that. This is, we're, we're four decades into this um, American decline in education. I mean, this began um, in the late fifties when we created education colleges, as opposed to, um, you know, a math learning math from a, a person who loved math or learning English from someone who loved English, learning science from someone who loved science. That's how you learned, Ralph. It's not how Jason and I, well, I, I learned that way too, because I'm 57. Um, but at, at that, that moment in time, around 1975, a majority of the teachers started becoming teachers who, who came out of education colleges, which sort of the indoctrination channels, right? It was the theory of education, the psychology of teaching, classroom management. You know what classroom management is? Here's classroom management, and this is, is enthusiasm. You want someone who loves history to teach history. You want someone who loves math to, to teach math. You want someone who loves science to teach science. And this is the beauty of it to the point we've cratered. To, and to your point, Ralph, yet yeah, it's the millennials we have concerns about. But here's another piece. Again, this is why we see sprinkles of God in all of this. Millennials are very socialistic in terms of their social dynamic, economic dynamic. But here's something else they are. They want to be business owners. They don't want to be employees to someone else. And so there's an yeah. uptick in entrepreneurism. And this is the beauty. It goes back to the Twain, Twain saying, right? You know, when I was when I was 18, my parents were the stupidest people in the world. And when I turned 21, I was amazed how much they learned in three years. The reality is that other there's that economic thing. If you're 18 and not liberal, you have no heart, and you're 45 conservative, you have no brains. And the reality is these people are going to grow up they're going to be paying taxes they're going to see the failures of socialism and communism and yeah. they will be that light that jason was referring to um christ is the light of the world right and these people are starting to move more towards that light and so even though they're being indoctrinated they're seeing the failings of that indoctrination the the, the youngest of the young well um so like i said you got the two sides the great reset and the great awakening well, the Great Reset is completely funded, controlled, powered by the World Economic Forum, United Nations, with Klaus Schwab, and you have your young global leaders. So mm -hmm. what's interesting is those are the bad guys, right? Your young global leaders, those are the bought and paid for politicians. Um, and guess what? Tulsi Gabbard was one of them. And she realized the programming, and yep. she's fighting it now. 
And that's what's going to happen with a lot of these kids. Um, you know, what I really think is we need to kick the rhinos out, get rid of them and never see them again. But we really need to make the Democratic Party great again. Because if we don't have a good and strong Democratic Party, that leads to a weak Republican Party. And I'm a, I'm a, uh, an independent, so I'm in the middle. I, I, but I can't see a Democrat to vote for. Other, Well, there's Tulsi Gabbard, RFK, who's now talking about running. That would be really interesting. And he's been fighting Absolutely. the medical establishment for 40 years. He's been suing them. So um, I, I would love to, you know, even if he doesn't win, if I don't vote for him, I would love to have him there because he's going to push, you know, everybody in a certain direction that is going to be better for everyone. So, so Jason, I, I'm yeah. sorry, Tom. Uh, Jason, no, you no. just made, really, you made my point because you talked about we got to get these guys out of there, these young people. It's all, it goes, it all goes back to the elections. This is why these people don't want to investigate the elections. Most yeah. of them would be out of there. They know yeah. that. Term limits. You think they're going to pass legislation that there are term limits? Are you kidding me? It's like well, – you. Here's only let, let, let me just disagree with you there. So, and, and I totally agree with Jason that we need a Democrat party like Daniel Patrick Moynihan, like um, Ralph Nader, although he was an independent green socialist. Um, we need a we need a loyal patriotic left in this country, not communist left, which is progressive left, which is it. So, I agree with him 100. We we need that okay. that tension that creates that middle sin sanity, so to speak. But to your point. We should have a show on this in the future because I'm 100% opposed to term limits because what we've just watched over the last 30 years is the empowerment of the permanent bureaucracy, and that's where we have lost control of America is the power of the bureaucracy. It's not the politicians that have failed us. It's the fact that the bureaucracy is 95% on one side of the equation, and that's that deep state that has unelected Trump has put places all in peril at every level of our life that's the danger that will be a great debate we got to bring that up we got to follow this right. up because there's so much information gentlemen we have to leave it there we've gone way past our time i could sit here <laughs> all night and talk to you guys you guys are like walking in encyclopedias i'm just i just go on pure gut and everything that i've learned about the constitution but i'm just a very emotional person and and maybe it's because I've had the, the, the Cuban experience. I've been bought up all my entire life uh, in, in, in a Cuban household and raised old school. And I'm a lot older than you guys. So I have a different view. I think it's a great mix. My age, Tom, uh, Tom you're in your 50s. Uh, Jason is in his 30s. So it's a great mix, you know, different, um, different viewpoints. Gentlemen, it's been a real pleasure. Um, Jason, as always, buddy, thank you for co-hosting. Tom. Thank you. I can't even tell you what a pleasure it is to have you on this show. Dude, I could sit here and listen to you for hours. Oh, it's, it's, are like you it's my pleasure. This is a treat. Remember the old World Book Encyclopedia, Tom? You, you, yeah. you, were, you remember that or no? Oh, yeah. I had no, no, the Funk and Wagnalls, but I, I, I do remember the, the World Book, too. <laughs> so you're, you're, like, you're, like my, you're like like a walking Google. Well, I don't want to say that because they, they got a lot, a lot of crap out there. But you're like an encyclopedia, and I love it. Gentlemen, You're very kind. it has been a real pleasure. Tom, uh, Jason, we hope to see you soon. Listen, uh, share this with people. Hit the like, subscribe buttons, ring that bell, do all that good stuff. Get it out there. All right. Get it out there to people. They need to, they just listen. If you're friends, you get two or three friends and they listen to Tom and they listen to Jason on these points. They're going to learn a lot. And if you're young, remember, 
you are the future of this country. That's right. You hold the future of this country in your hands. And if you're going to do a, a good job of keeping this country what it is, you need to hear the truth. And that's what we're here for. We're here to give you the truth. Now, what you do with that truth, well, that's up to you. See you next time. You have just come face to face with the truth. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and hit that bell so you will be notified when we drop new episodes.